Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast with board gamers and, in fact, the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is, in fact, Anthony. (laughs) Nicely done. And this is episode 302, Holiday Gift Guide. We'd like to thank all our Patreon backers for helping us bring Anthony back to the podcast. I'm here. I was I was here. If you're watching, you could see me. I was messing yes. with you. That's good. It's true. If you're listening to the podcast, Anthony was always with us. It was just more in spirit than actual audio volume. But we're so glad to have him back. And we're so glad to have you back on another great episode. We are recording live on Twitch for Board Game Arena. So if you are currently watching this, in, on the embedded feed on Board Game Arena, jump over to Twitch because we would love to have you as part of the chat. There's so much going on here, and we love to hear your feedback as the episode goes on. All right, Anthony, so we have a big episode. It is our holiday episode, and we were talking about the greatest gifts this past year that everyone should get, hopefully, a copy out to the table. Yeah, yeah, this is our annual gift guide, which... What we do is we go back through everything we've played or reviewed or otherwise throughout the year, and we share which ones we think you should buy for other people, for yourself. It's all, you know, whatever you feel like. It's 2020. Treat yourself. And this year we have 20 games across seven categories, so lots of different content to choose from, depending on whether you're looking for stuff for the family, heavy stuff, solo stuff, two-player stuff. We got it all. We kind of dig through our catalog of episodes every year to build this out, and it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, we do very much care about you getting the best games to table and the best value at the table. There's so many great board games out there. We own most of them. (laughs) So we certainly want to make sure that you're getting the best bang for your buck, the best return on your investment. I mean, let's be honest, we're Euro gamers, so we're very much about dealing with that market and trying to get the most that you can to the table. But before we get into our feature review, Anthony, we have so much else that's going on, of course. And we are doing our own holiday outreach, right? We have a little store out there that we would love everyone to visit. Yeah, yeah. The T Public store. A few of you actually took advantage of this over the weekend. There was a Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sale. You get like 37% yes. off all the good stuff. So uh, thank you to everybody out there who purchased shirts, cups, whatever, uh, from the Board Gamers Anonymous store on Tee Public. But if you haven't yet, you can check it out. Just head our website, BoardGamersAnonymous.com, click the merch button at the top, and mm-hmm. all the stuff will be there. I think they're running sales all through December, so just wait if you don't see one. I'm sure it'll pop back up. But um, anything you buy on there, we get a small cut of that, and it helps us obviously run the show, all the shows. So uh, we, we appreciate your support, um, not just in wearing Board Gamers Anonymous gear, but in helping us bring you the content every week. Yep. And again, for all of our board gamers out there, especially our introverts that love getting games to the table, but don't love shouting that we're board gamers, these really kind of low-key board game shirts will help you get those games to the table. So check them out. And again, if you don't see something there that you want, hit us up and we'll make it happen. All right, Anthony, so that's what's going on with BGA. Obviously, we just wrap up two huge episodes. Episode 300 that I know a lot of people are still going through. That was my top 100 board games of all time and your top 100 board games of all time. Recorded here, three and a half hours. We did it. It's done. (laughs) I still feel it. (laughs) Still catching up on sleep from that one? Yeah. Still catching up on sleep. And episode 301, too, which was our listeners' top 20 of all time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We did that last week right here on uh, Board Game Arena. And uh, obviously we had a winner in the contest. Damien picked up a copy of Wingspan. He confirmed yesterday that his copy had arrived, so... <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, and he got a, his, uh, hoping to get his wife to the table playing that one. Um, so, yeah, we, we love running contests. We love running these episodes and many more to come, so pay attention. Absolutely. So the holiday season's upon us, so everyone is hoping to get a game to the table. Anthony, let's talk about our question of the week. Yeah, so we're doing a gift guide. So, obviously, we get asked about gifts. What games are you hoping to receive as gifts this year? <laughs> is all the games an answer? Right. Could it be an answer? It's funny because we do this and <laughs> I always try to have an answer myself. I know you do as well. And every now and sure. then I'm just like, I don't know. Like my wife doesn't buy me games. 
she hasn't mm-hmm. since i think the last time she bought me a board game was the day my daughter was born which would have been almost six years ago for christmas i asked for imperial assault uh i specifically asked for it because i knew i was going to get it either way and i was like this is what i want so if you buy it i don't have to buy it and it's fine right <laughs> that was probably the last time she's bought me a game because at a certain point she's just like i could not possibly know what you don't have or what you don't need so we steer clear of that i'm always interested though to hear what other people are, are hoping to get right because not sure. everybody has the stupid crazy collection that i have like if you want to hear my collection <laughs> patreon.com slash bga we're on volume nine i'm on volume nine and i think i'm like a third of the way through my collection which is it's just it's too much but yeah there's a lot of good stuff so facebook group uh, twitter everybody out there we're asking you right now if you're in the chat so please chime in let us know what you're interested in and uh, we pulled a handful of these up so mm-hmm. a couple people mentioned this is a new one actually it's not even really out yet i don't even think it's going to ship till next year but Coffee Traders is the new Capstone game. It goes up for pre-order, I think, tomorrow. This is not an ad. It's just a couple people mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And specifically, though, I'm actually interested in this as well. It's the designers of Wildcatters, which is okay. uh, a really good game that I think just flew under the radar. It was like right in that in-between stage before Capstone really became Capstone Games. And it's about uh, growing and trading coffee, which is kind of cool. So that one's on a few people's radars already um, coming up. Dune Imperium. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. we got a few people mentioned Dune Imperium. I think this one in particular, it, I, this is on a lot of people's lists. It's a weird one, though, for me, because it is a deck-building game, and I'm just like, I don't know thematically like if that's something I'm super interested in. But it is Dune, and this would have been perfectly timed with the movie if the movie had not been delayed uh, until next year. Yeah, I, I it looks really good. I know a few people have it in hand already. So um, I am much with Jeffrey on this, who mentioned it on our Facebook group, that uh, Dude Imperium will be a fun one to pick up. Mm-hmm. Dwellings of Eldervale. Now this one, I've Ooh. kind of... I, I think this is more like in Jason's uh, ballpark of games. Sure. Um, like big, sweeping, miniature type of thing. But I've heard very good things about it. And... It's not supposedly like a big Amerithrash game solely. It's like got some Euro elements to it, sure. but also big giant stuff on a board, right? And so Omar mentioned this one in particular, and I as well would like to play this. This is like, if you're going to get me a gift, not that anybody should, but this is kind of game that's good because I would never buy it for fear that it's not necessarily <laughs> something that I want to play. But if I got sure. it, I'd be like, cool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's that thing, that thing I would never buy, but yeah, I always wanted. Exactly, right? Yeah, I guess that. I was like the first uh, board game gift you got for me was War of the Ring, and that was back in the day when I'm like, I'm not spending a hundred dollars on a board game, <laughs> or 80, eighty or whatever it was. And you're like, here, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then six months later, this is my favorite game. <laughs> I did a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Te- oh, see, now Jason's in my head on this one. Teotihuacan. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, this was mentioned by a few people. This is obviously not a new game, but I. Obviously, a lot of people are still interested in this. It, you know, it's a top 100 game. Brian mentioned this. John mentioned this. Um, so, several people mentioned the upgrades for this as well. So, like upgrading sure. the, you know, the cocoa, for example, in this one. I have all those upgrades, and I highly recommend them. So, yeah, it, it makes the game really nice. Um, Very cool. Like it. Uwe Rosenberg's Hallertau, which I think we talked about Ooh. not too long ago. Uh, Jeffrey mentioned this one as well. This is. I believe his first like big box expert level game in a while. It's been a while. Like yes. I think Newsfjord was the last one, and that one was like borderline medium, not quite a heavy game. Sure. This one looks to be like a big sprawling type of thing. So I'm interested to see what he's learned or worked on in the last I don't know, like four or five years since uh Feast for Odin came out. <laughs> so Sure. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about it, there's several hundred cards in that game. It's, like you mentioned, big box. It doesn't look like a big box, but it's massive. Yeah. What comes along with that. Yeah, so this one's on my list, too. I'm definitely going to... Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> so just some of the other ones people mentioned. Uh, the Hansa Teutonica <laughs> big box. Uh, I know that's on a few people's lists, because that's a big old... Those are good for gifts, big boxes. Uh, there are a few in here mentioned that are on our gift list as well, so I'll save those. But thank you, everybody, mm-hmm. who submitted those. And yeah, like, like I said, for me personally, it, it would have to be something like... A, 
collector's edition special something a glory to rome or something that i couldn't find on my own sure at this point like there aren't like games that came out this year that i don't already have and probably mm-hmm. haven't played yet so um i think a lot of people are in the same boat with that yeah i think the Uwe Rosenberg game is always kind of a given. Like whatever he produces is always going to be great. This one seems extra special. Mm-hmm. And then Feld seems to be yeah. back on the war path, dropping games left and right. So I don't know. I think there's a Feld coming up that everybody wants to get to the table. So I think that would be nice. Bonfire, and, yeah. you know, it's just a little game that everyone's looking at, but you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll save it. It might come up later. It's possible. <laughs> so there's a lot of good stuff there. And again, I want to mention from the chat here, we got a, a shout out for Micro Macro Crime City. This is a really interesting game. In fact, it's a little tiny game that's actually a huge fold out map. And what you're doing with like this little kind of like magnifying piece is trying to figure out what's going on there as far as a crime is concerned. So you get clues and it's almost like a Where's Waldo kind of situation from uh pegaspiel so yeah had not so heard a lot that of one. different games cool. yeah you should check it out because i think you'll like that game a lot so very wrong about games in our in our chat was uh shouting that out so i want to let everybody know because again there's so many unusual games and there's so many wonderful designs out there can't possibly talk about them all but there's just great stuff out there so definitely check those out all right so anthony speaking about all really interesting games that are out there we mentioned this at the start. This is the funnest part of the year, going through all the sales and everything that's out there. Let's talk about our holiday gift guide. 20 games over, like I said, seven categories. Uh, those categories are board game apps, family games, solo games, two-player games. Oh, you know what? I miscounted these. There's actually eight categories. You guys are lucky. Light games, <laughs> medium games, heavy games, and then expansions. So there are two or three games in each of these categories that we've picked out at least one from each of us. And for anything we've already covered, we've included the episode number as well. So if you want to go back and listen to the full review, because this will be like one or two minutes, like quick blurb. Uh, But if you want to hear more about these games, most of these have been reviewed by us at some point in the last 12 months. So Mm -hmm. we've made it as easy as we can for you to find those. Yeah, I think this is a great list. And again, full episode reviews to listen to all of those things, but it's something you should check out because a lot of these games especially this time of year, are in short supply. Yeah, that's true. A few of these, you you know, if you want them, get on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Anthony. So why don't you start us off with our first category? All right. First up is apps, digital implementations of board games. And specifically, your choice first here, Wingspan. Yeah, so here's a game that you actually don't have to worry about running out because it's a digital version. (laughs) So, segue. Uh, so yes, Wingspan, again, is a phenomenon. I mean, we've talked about this so much, and obviously I recently talked about this on episode 284, where I went over Wingspan and its recent expansion that came out. Uh, obviously we covered it a lot because it hit a lot of top lists for people out there. This image that you're looking at on the screen, which is the, the entry image for Wingspan, really doesn't say enough about the game, because in fact, the game itself is really beautifully done. I mean, you actually get the all the bird animations, all the original artwork of the game is present there. And this is my favorite part, all that beauty, you can turn it off and just <laughs> play it like it was meant to be played, a straight up board game with cards on a tableau. And that's even more beautiful because that's really where the beauty shines. Uh, Elizabeth Hargrave did a fantastic job. This rendition is wonderful. It's actually a very good rendition. I think it's still on sale for Steam. I think it's about 20% off the full price. It's worth your time. It's worth your money. If you've ever played it, you're going to love this. If you haven't played it, this is a really good way to look into the game. And uh, that's Wingspan. Yeah. I think that's huge, the thing you mentioned there about being able to turn off the artwork and stuff. Yes. That's been my biggest problem with a lot of board game apps in the last two, three years, is that they're like, ooh, it's yeah. all stylized and fancy. And you're like, cool, how do I turn it off? They're like, oh, you can't turn this off. Like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm never going to play this then. <laughs> it's just Castles of Burgundy. Wanna... <laughs> There's so many games like that, unfortunately. You feel so bad. It's like, it's a really great game. I'm really excited. I like the fact that you took artistic license. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, Lorenzo. It's... Just saying, Lorenzo. Oh my God, 
so bad. <laughs> I kept thinking, like, oh, it's the beta. They'll improve it. No. This is the part they're not no. improving, apparently. Yeah, so this app has it all, and it's currently on Steam. But obviously, there's going to be a lot more places you could pick it up. But Steam does a great job. My choice in this category, also on Steam, is the Root app. Um, this one Ooh. came out, I uh, talked about it on episode 289, I believe. And this one is a lot of the same things you said about Wingspan. It's beautiful. It is a fantastic <laughs> implementation of specifically this artwork into kind of this sure. 3D style. You can play it, you know, stylized in 3D style, or you can play it flat, a lot more like the board sure. game, which is important. Um, there's online mm -hmm. play with asynchronous play, which is great because a lot of these don't support asynchronous play. I know some of us don't like mm -hmm. async, but I do. It's nice to have it. The local play is quick. The, you know, obviously programming the uh, AI to be able to manage all these different combinations is probably difficult. It works really seamlessly and it's a lot of fun. So this is one of my favorite games of all time. I believe it's number two on my list um, from episode 300. So having a digital version is amazing. And I've been playing this one a lot. Yeah, I haven't been able to pick this up yet. And again, this might be the only way I actually get this table. I don't own a physical copy. always wanted to own a physical copy. But again, the challenge of having to teach everybody, this might take care of that. So Root, phenomenal game on Steam. Again, great platform for it. So yeah, this might be an actual opportunity for me to get the game to the table or the tablet in this case. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it's out on iOS yet, but it's supposed to be, so... I'm keeping my eye out okay. for that, because if this hits the tablet, I'm going to be playing it every night. So. <laughs> Your wife was worried not to, what, not to buy you for a board game. Now she's not going to be able to talk to you at all. That's <laughs> ah, fine. She's asleep. It's good. Ah, the birds! The birds! <laughs> Gets late enough. I'm like, so and we're doing Root now. <laughs> there you go. So two apps about birds. So there you oh, go. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, nice. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. You could throw a Spirit Island in there, get another bird. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of family and uh, having them deal with our uh, board game addiction a bit. Right. So let's talk about the family games in our shopping list, Anthony. All right, family games. First up, Mysterium Park. All right, so Mysterium Park is an interesting game. I reviewed this on episode 298. I love Dixit. I love Mysterium. But the problem with Mysterium is the fact that it just takes forever to set up. And, I mean, it really does. It really just slows down the day. If you're playing with, like, hardcore gamers, they understand that good games do take time to set up. But family members, not so much. Plus the fact that you're basically playing a game about somebody and actually a lot of people who are murdered. And you're trying to locate yeah. the murder <laughs> weapon. <sighs> I always thought that was weird about Clue being like such a family classic board game all right well mysterium park does have that kind of like mysterious sinister kind of take but it doesn't show or doesn't offer you the opportunity to actually figure out what the weapon was so when you play the game you're trying to figure out who committed the murder you are trying to figure out where that happened but the game itself really doesn't show or tell any of that kind of content in there. So you could just be like, hey, who's the person? Hey, where is the person? It's just as valid. So the game has a little thematic kind of creepiness and weirdness to the art of the cards that you're giving out. But there's nothing really here that screams, get it? Screams? Screams murder <laughs> at all. And again, this production's fantastic. The box is like yay big by yay big. So I would say it's probably like, I don't know, foot and a half by maybe six inches, six to eight inches. It's a good size, small box. The box is firmly packed with everything that you need. So it allows you to get Mysterium to the table with the family and be playable. And the same thing with Dixit. Dixit sometimes is too broad. This is understandable and playable. You can play this with family. And again, the artwork is incredible. So you're actually getting a very good deal on this game because the artwork alone should double the price of this game, and it doesn't. So it's new, it's out there, and you should pick it up. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I never picked up Mysterium for that reason because like, I'd play this with the family, not not going to play this with the family. But like a more family-friendly yeah. version of that is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's... It's really the high production level here, too. It's still very great. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so one that I do play with the family a lot is Draftosaurus. I talked about this back on episode 272. And (laughs) (laughs) Antoine Bauza and company. So there's a team of four designers worked on this, and a lot of them very famous, which is funny to me because the game is very simple. So (laughs) It was an et al. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a 15-minute game. (laughs) You are drafting dinosaur meeples. So you're going to take handfuls of dinosaur meeples a certain number out of a bag and then you draft them you like you pick the little one out of your hand you pass it to someone else so not a covid friendly game if you're playing with other people out of the house but it's good for the family you have a little board and you place the dinosaur meeples in certain places and you score based on certain conditions so like one of the pens you want all the same type of dinosaur another one you want a certain number of dinosaurs another one you want pairs of dinosaurs there's one where you just want one dinosaur, and if it's the only one that ever goes on your board, then bonus points. And it takes no time to teach. My five-year-old picked this up in, like, five minutes, no problem. She And she beat me, like, the second time we played, so it's very kid-friendly. And there are expansions coming out for it now as well. Like, we talked about these a couple weeks ago on the our Essen preview, or our fall preview, and it's just really good. I was... I picked it up kind of on a lark. I saw it at Gen Con last year and got a chance to play it with the family. And it was it's perfect. It's the perfect weight. And the theme is great for the kids. So if you sure. if kids like dinosaurs and you want something that's not even remotely scary, it's just silly, you know, cartoonish like the cover there. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. I, again, uh, if I guess if I had to have a gift, Draftosaurus would work because I probably shouldn't be buying this game for myself. But <laughs> it's got dinosaurs and they're adorable. Yeah. And, it's some of the best designers out there, so I don't know. <laughs> it's a great game, man. I feel like if if I had picked this up not in the middle of a pandemic, I think I bought this in March, I probably would bring it with me to game night just to play as, you know, a 15, 20-minute filler. It takes no time to set up either. It's I don't know. I think it's good for kids, but it's also good for anybody. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think so. And again... Who knows? I mean, we, we've seen a lot of different versions of games. We talked about this recently, how every board game's getting a roll and write, a dice game, a right. card game. Maybe there's a new thing happening. Maybe we'll see a you know transformation of games, right? We've seen a downgrade of games, right? Like my first Carcassonne, right? Or my first Ticket to Ride. So maybe they could be an upgrade, right? So right. maybe my... Uh, killer draftosaurus right not for kids ah you know that kind of thing <laughs> i don't we get that much of an upgrade we get little upgrades like king of tokyo to king of new york but i don't know about like yeah. draftosaurus to triassic period or something triassic terror or whatever it is i'd be cool with it this game would be great if you an know. adult an adult man can dream that's all i'm saying an adult man can dream more dinosaurs <laughs> all right another one that i uh picked up here is truffle shuffle um, this is a one I talked about on episode 293. This is a game in which you are trying to get these different truffle cards. And it's a draft similar to like Seven Wonders Duel, where you lay them out in a pyramid in advance. And so some cards are face down, some are face up. You're trying to gain them in certain orders and then complete orders with them to get generate victory points. Again, very, very simple. You put the cards on the table. You show the kids what they do. There's like two or three special powers in the deck. As long as they understand what those are, the rest is a no-brainer. Now, there are a fair number of combinations of cards for, like, scoring purposes. So it would be good to have... I think there's a cheat card, but almost like a full sheet of paper that you print out for the kids. Because my kids kept forgetting what the combos were. The younger one, I had to occasionally look at her hand and help her pair the cards together and figure out where the wilds were and all that. So it can get a little complicated. It's not like full poker hands, but there are some variations where you're not like oh you need all fives or all ones it's like well you can have a run of five or a run of four and you, these are wilds this is a bonus card um so it's very very family friendly but maybe slightly older than like draftosaurus was but um we really enjoy it as a again another drafting game which i always love because they're great for teaching because you can show all of the information and help the kids make decisions trouble shovel is really solid i haven't played the game but I love the artwork, so I'm already halfway in. And AEG does a really great job with these kind of small games. Yeah, this is so. a point salad team. And that was like my family game, I think, on this list last year. So, Yeah, I'll definitely have to pick this one up too. Yeah. yeah All right, you're selling me games, man. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right. All right. 
back-to-back games Anthony's selling me here. So, Anthony, let, before you sell me any more games, let's let's get onto a category that's your category, not mine so much. Yeah, I already own both of these, so we're good. <laughs> and you, well, no, you want one of these. So I, <laughs> you, oh, no. You already knew you wanted it. It's fine. Uh, but first, uh, you go ahead and talk about Sanctum. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sanctum. You know, Sanctum is a really interesting game because, first off, it's C- CGE. So you're like, oh, I know CGE. They do, like, you know, a new story of civilization. And I'm just like, oh, Sanctum? CGE? Right. <laughs> huh? Where's 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 my giant Euro game? Where's all the pieces that you have to move around and all the cubes and everything? Because when you look at it, it looks like straight Amerithrash kind of game. Obviously, it's a Diablo kind of like takeoff and then you sit down and play the game and there really is some significant euro elements to it you are building up your character your of of cards you're building up a tableau of cards that builds up your character and then you're moving these different pieces all around your tableau in order to activate special abilities and to open up other areas and build up your resources and such so there is a interesting kind of like clash of you go out into the woods and you and you hack and slash until you can hack and slash again and then you go back to the euro side and then you move things around and you're really building up your characters so for me it felt like gloomhaven a lot Mm -hmm. as far as like there being a real strategic build sequence and then you go and do the hack and slash, the Marathrash kind of thing. So as a solo element, this was actually a lot of fun because you can play this co-op, but you can also, with their new rules, play this solo as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you turned me on to this one. I, I think I'd had it for a while. And then you reviewed yeah. it. And then I went and tracked down. I saw there were solo rules. And I'm like, oh, I guess I need to finally play this. Because I had picked it up right before the pandemic. I was like, I can't play this with my family. It's no good for that. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And it's it's funny because it's the same designer, I believe, as Adrenaline, which is a similar type of game mm-hmm. where it looks like it's going to be all Amerithrashy, and it's not. It's a Euro. But it's a Euro about like first-person shooter mechanics. So sure. um, this one didn't throw me off quite as much when they announced it because I figured it would be kind of Euro-ish. But still, thematically, it's just you don't expect what you get. It's really good. Yeah, and it plays better as a solo for me. Mm. The last master battle isn't as big and as interesting as I'd like it to be. But when you do play it solo, you do feel it's a better situation. It's it's a more dynamic operation of how you're fighting. Whereas when you're playing against other people or cooperatively Mm. in that situation, it's not as satisfying. So get Sanctum and play it solo. Yep. All right. So on my end, Smartphone Inc., uh, I talked about this on episode 280, and sure. <laughs> uh, backed this on the Kickstarter after playing it at PAX two years ago now, which is crazy. Yeah, the solo version of this game, I believe it was in the first edition, so it's not a new edition with the Kickstarter. Sure. It's like, I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it's like a little Steve Jobs meeple, and there's like a separate little player board, um, which mm-hmm. he'll move around, and it affects, you know, the demand of things and like what spots are available in full and it just works really smartly because you don't want a big complicated solo in a game like this where you're just trying to run your little puzzle but you want something in your way that's the point of this game right you are buying and you're trying to work the market as much as you can in a game with not the most robust market but it is a market-based game so something needs to affect that and this does a good job of that so i've actually played a lot of this game solo um Part of that being I just really like Smartphone Inc. And I don't have anybody else to play with right now. But the other part being the solo is really solid. So I was torn which game to add here. Because there's a few games sure. that I've played this year that play solo and I really enjoyed. Uh, but I think this one in particular I wanted to point out. Because it's available. It's re- relatively inexpensive. Like Arcane Wonders version is pretty accessible. And it, it's really solid and not nearly as heavy as it might seem by looking at it. And there are also a few other solos on my list that we'll get to just happen to play solo anyways. Um, but yeah, definitely check this one out. Yeah, this has been circling for me. I did not back the Kickstarter, but really regret not doing that. So now I'm kind of searching for the best deal because I don't want just the base game. I do want the extra stuff that comes along. And you can pick that up as an expansion box. So I think it's something definitely to get to the table. And again, that was one of those games that really impressed us. It looks like 
a very straight flat game and when you play it it's a lot of fun so dynamic yeah for what for the theme you're just like did not expect this at all <laughs> all right anthony so we did all the soloing that we could possibly do time to bring people to the table let's start off with two player games merry patchwork all right so patchwork's a funny game i've talked about this so so long ago but one of the things about patchwork that really keeps it coming to the table is it is a really solid design done by uve rosenberg it is a wonderful price it's actually underpriced as far as i'm concerned mm -hmm. and this version comes with a cookie cutter so <laughs> so random so i again i don't know and it's just like a really basic design it's it's not like anything specific it's not a christmas tree it's not an ornament it's just a random cookie cutter so this game not only is great to play but it's actually great as a gift because again you give the game if they're not sure about the game you're like i gave you a cookie cutter that happens to come with a game and that might actually work a little better that being said i really like this edition a lot because the original edition which is nice is a little bland as far as the coloring is concerned here you actually have i guess what's supposed to be christmas wrapping mm -hmm. so it really pops on the table and this version or i guess there's several other versions now it's, it's quickly becoming the like love letter of you know tile placement games or polydominoes kind of thing but this version's great patchwork christmas edition it's also relabeled as patchwork winter edition so if you don't want a christmas edition pick up the winter edition they're identical including the uh, cookie cutter that goes along with it that's really cool yeah like that they put a winter edition in for people who maybe don't celebrate celebrate christmas i actually have this on the way with my pre-order <gasps> of twilight imperium uh expansion because <laughs> that I, must have been really interesting for somebody <laughs> at the game place to put like just giant twilight imperium like 600 pounds of like a thrash and Patchwork. <laughs> I was like, edition. I gotta get to hundred bucks. What's what's the ooh Patchwork Christmas? Yeah, <laughs> my kids like Patchwork. This is great. Yeah, and it's a it's a great value. You get a great bang bang for your buck. I've played this with my family, and they've loved it. And I, I think this is a game that will stick around your collection forever. Yeah, and there just aren't that many good Christmas games. Even if you're retheming other true. games, there aren't very many. So nope. Like, I'm trying to think of one that's good like i played santa's workshop a couple years ago i didn't like it yeah it's just 12 days i can't guess. think of one can't think of it yeah <laughs> there's really not a lot of good ones out there yeah all right what about you anthony all right so for me uh i wanted to recommend fox in the forest duet oh yeah I talked about this in nice. episode 259. Uh, this one came out at the mm -hmm. very beginning of the year, actually. So early that you and I got a chance to play it when I visited. Yes. Before the world locked down. <laughs> this is a trick-taking game for two players only, which is the same as Fox in the Forest, but this time it's cooperative. Uh, you are trying to remove these little pieces from the board. I can't remember exactly what they're called, but you have a little board and you move back and forth based on the point value of the winning hand. So if I win the hand and there's three little dots there... The piece is going to move three spaces in my direction. And then if it lands on a space with a something that needs to be removed, it will remove it. And the goal is to get rid of them all within three rounds. Mm. The more efficiently you do it, the better your score. And you can make the game harder, of course, by shortening the board, shortening the number of turns, whatever it might be. There are special powers on some of the cards. Uh, very, very good. Every time I've played it, everybody's enjoyed it. Uh, it's a great way to teach trick-taking games. And I... I I can't even say I don't like trick-taking games anymore because I like so many of them, but this is one of sure. my favorites. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. As you mentioned, we got a chance to play this way back when. I do love both versions of it. Mm -hmm. I wish this came as a single box because both mm -hmm. versions are great. But the co-op version here, which I tend not to like for board games, really does a great job. I really like the interplay, the back and forth, that you really are trying to synergize with your partner at the table. And you, you really feel that way. You're like, I'm going to play this card. And you're like, ah. Oh, damn I, I i was so close yeah. and you try to work work your way back or something uh it reminds me of a game that i played not too long ago called and then we held hands oh sure which was another two-player abstract game where you're trying to get all of these emotions 
kind of lined up in the right spots. So very close. But the production, the artwork is gorgeous on this game too. And it's, again, a very, very affordable game. Yeah, it's like 20 bucks. Definitely worth yeah. it. Like, good stocking stuffer. Yeah, absolutely. It should be 30 at least. But don't tell the publisher. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anthony. So we got two. Let's get into the games that gets everyone to the table. Let's start off with the lighter version of games. All right. Why don't you kick it off with Space Explorers? Ooh, Space Explorers. You know, what's interesting about Space Explorers <laughs> is when I think about all the times, both in person and with the podcast, people just went on and on trying to get me to play a game. I don't know. I'm going to let Anthony say the name. Anthony, you know the game that's all about all the gems? You know that game, right? <sighs> Splendor, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I played it. I played it a bunch. I don't own a copy, but everyone loves it. And I really want to give it the, the most fair shake possible. I even bought the app. And I just, for some reason, there's just something that I can't get through. Space Explorers takes that mechanic and adds a lot of card play into it. And really just, it blows the game up. I mean, no pun intended. It really does <laughs> such a great job. And it gives it a bit of a theme, too. So you are getting this idea of this historic history making event and you actually get a relatively decent mechanic as well. And again, since it is relatively family friendly to begin with, you can learn something wonderful about human history and our space exploration. And you can play a decent game that everyone will play because it's not horrible. It's actually rather decent. Yeah, I don't think many people have played this. I think this has definitely been, again, no pun intended, under the radar, you know, <laughs> as far as uh, a game is concerned. But uh, yeah. Another one that we played at your place when I visited. And, we did. Uh, it was fun. It was quick. I, I'm also not the world's biggest fan of Splendor. If nothing else, it's a clever design, and I think it works really well in other formats. But that game in particular, I played enough where it kind of plays itself a little. Um, <laughs> yeah. So other versions of it are always a lot of fun, and I love space exploration games. So this was this was great. Yeah. Absolutely. So a lot of fun. Light game, but fun. Yep. All right. So for me on the light side, I want to talk about Nova Luna. This is, uh, I Ooh. talked about this in episode 282. It's another Uwe Rosenberg game. I'm working with Corne von Morsell. And it is a very simple abstract style game in which you are trying to complete these various combinations. So you have goals that you're trying to complete on the tiles that you place, but the tiles also com contain the things that you need to complete those goals. I just made it sound way more complicated than it is. <laughs> it's like a three-page <laughs> rule book. I feel like this game would have blown up and would have been so popular, like Azul-level popular, except Stronghold Games, as they do, chose to mm. price it at like $50, which is Crazy. insane. There's not enough in the box, right? Azul, I think, is a $40 game. A lot of these other ones at this weight are like $35. $35 would have been perfect for this. But... If you find a copy on sale, or if you know somebody who really likes that kind of abstract game, then mm -hmm. Nova Luna is really good. It's so much fun. And it has a really good solo version as well, just trying to work out the puzzle. It is pure sure. puzzle, <laughs> I should say. No polyominoes, but pure puzzle. So mm. highly recommended for people who like puzzly games. Yeah, you mentioned that. And I think that's a sad thing about some games is that their weight and their price are sometimes so far off that the game just never gets itself to the table. So this is certainly one of those that I saw this, I was excited about it. Then I saw the price and I was like, eee, yeah, yeah, no. And, and that's a shame because like you said, it's a great game. I remember you reviewing this and just really, you know, being taken by it. Yeah. It surprised me. And I actually was going to completely overlook it, except a friend of mine who knows that I like this type of game said, you have to play this game. So sure. I went out of my way to track it down. I think I bought it online just to get it a little bit cheaper, but it's still too much. <laughs> yeah. I hate those reviews where I'm like, it's a buy, but don't buy it. <laughs> it's true. It happens. I was talking about Via Nebula recently mm. on our Patreon episodes, and I was saying that it's such a great game, but it was so radically overpriced that nobody picked it up. And then since no one was able to at least any get it to the table, that it just it dropped like a rock. So people were like, wow, that's way too expensive. I'm not picking that up. And then no one played it. It got to no tables. And then it dropped down to the bottom. And everyone was like, well, clearly that's a bad game because no one played it. Right. And it's so super cheap. Right. And it's like, 
it just missed the pricing. That's basically what happened there. Yeah. But Anthony, we got some a little bit heavier in case people want to get a little heavy at the table. Let's talk about our medium weight games. First on the list is Fort, which you put on here, episode 288. Ooh. Fort's a really interesting one. I'll let Anthony go into the background history and how this was a different game that wasn't as cute and adorable <laughs> as it is now. But I like the cute adorableness of a game that's so subversive, right? Because right. the idea here is thematically really interesting. You're building a fort. You got your loyal best friends. And you got a whole bunch of other friends that are out there that you can bring into your fort. And you can benefit off their special abilities and what they can do. If you don't play with them, they're going to go back to the park or get picked up by somebody else's friend. And then they'll become friends with them against you. So it's like, wow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's cute. It's funny. It's subversive to the end. Because again, obviously, the challenges of childhood, to say the least, but also the background and the more the militaristic kind of gameplay here. What I really enjoy about it is... It is like a glory to Rome, hmm. but in a manageable side that people can actually get to the table. And I really love that about this game. And in fact, they're already talking about an expansion. Ooh. I don't know where the expansion's going to go, Ooh. but maybe an expansion to the fort there. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, like you said, this was originally a a Roman game with like very simplistic artwork called SPQF. And I think it was self-published. And people liked it fine, but... I don't think it had nearly the exposure as Fort has. And Fort, the funny thing is, like, with that theme, you look at it, and you're like, oh, it's not really a family game. Fort is a family game. Like, I play this with my yeah. children. My daughter loves it. She's Again, she's five. And while she needs a little bit of help with the cards and some of the text, like, she's still learning to read at that level, for the most part, like, you only got the two resources. Like, symbol-wise, she's got it down. So it's, it's so accessible. And then I'm already introducing this type of mechanic to, like, young young children and i'm like this is great you guys are gonna love root <laughs> we're gonna play glory to rome um let's give it a few years but yeah this this has been a lot of this has been a huge hit in my house absolutely and it's and it's enjoyed by all different ages and again if you're a kid you already got that friendship thing down so uh yeah great game all right so for me uh medium game i wanted to touch on is mariposas this is Elizabeth Hargrave's okay. sophomore effort. And it's a game about the migration of monarch butterflies from and back to Mexico. So you have a variety of butterflies that you'll be placing out. And there's a, several rounds over which you're going to be doing it. And so the goal is to put them out at each generation and then mm -hmm. upgrade them, essentially, or breed them, or however, whatever the language was on that. But upgrade them to the next generation. Sure. Because eventually those earlier generations are going to go away on the map. So you want to kind of position yourself in certain areas as you move up this uh, map. It's a bunch of hexes, but it is a map that represents like Mexico and the United States. And then there'd be different scoring elements for each of those four generations that come up. And so you have to be in certain locations or near certain things to score. But then eventually you want to get back. Because if you can get your butterflies all back and they're level four then you're going to score even more points at the end of the game. So it's like this combination of like, it's almost like a reverse clank. Like you're going up and then coming back. <laughs> um, and you don't have to get back. You're not going to lose if you don't, but that's a great way to score a lot sure. of points. Um, there's a few other elements in there as well. But this thing about this game is very similar to Wingspan, is she's taken a theme that you wouldn't normally see in board games, in this case, butterfly migration, and yes. has done it in a way that's scientifically accurate, interesting, not quite as beautiful to look at as wingspan uh because it's you know one species and again a very grid-based map but mm -hmm. very accessible and easy to teach so there's a bit of depth there so that's why it's in the medium not a light game but if you're looking sure. for something in that range that's got you know it's not just sword and sorcery or sci-fi and you want something that's more feels like you're learning something even if you're not necessarily learning uh, mariposas is very good yeah, and again, what I like about both of these games in the medium area is that when you're talking about a game that typically just plays the tabletop crowd, usually the games then blow up as far as price is concerned. Mm. So this game from AEG, they do such a great job on their pricing. They're usually 
on point. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Fort from Leader Games is a really great game for the price here, too. As you mentioned, sophomore effort. This is kind of crazy that she produced back-to-back kind of big games and different games, too. You would think that this would be almost similar, but it's really a radically different game. Right. And a theme that we don't see, typically. So, again, great. All right, so let's get into the heavier stuff. We we are the fans of the heavy games. Let's see what we got up for this week. All righty. Next on the list here. Oh, I guess we got one more medium game. Uh, oh, okay. Whistle Mountain. I, I snuck this one in. I, I tricked you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is... Uh, so Scott Caputo is the guy who did Whistle, uh, Whistle Stop, mm-hmm. which was the root building game. Luke Laurie uh, designed one of our favorite games, uh, Energy Empire. So they worked together on this one. And it, it has a theme of Whistle Stop, but it's not... It's not at all related to that game. There's no trains. There's no route building or anything. You're building this weird contraption that moves up this grid. And then you're trying to get your workers on there and score points based on certain things that happen. Like thematically, the game's a bit of a mess. But mechanically, it's sure. very interesting. Um, just had a chance to play this recently a couple times as well as solo. And it actually surprised me like how good it is and how much depth there is there. Because there's so much variability in the types of machines that come out and the different mm-hmm. scaffolding pieces and, and the different upgrades you can get. And there's asymmetrical starting powers for everybody. And there's like 20 of them. So this game has a lot jammed into the box that I didn't sure. see coming. So I, I do highly recommend this for people who are looking for like a medium, heavy-ish type of game. Yeah, um, again, this is a... I guess a new version. This is a radically new version than the previous version. And I guess Bezier games does this great where like when we talked about mm-hmm. the mad castles, Mad King Ludwig and how they came out with the palaces, which was like, Oh, this is similar, but different. It's kind of like a spiritual successor. Mm-hmm. So here we're seeing another spiritual successor. Do you like this game better? Or you think you're going to like this game better than the previous one? Much better. Yeah. I think it's a much okay. better game. Um, I like oh, Whistle Stop, but it, it it grew old for me like three four plays. You in, mean you like, and I eventually sold that. I don't have it anymore. Um, okay, this game has a lot of puzzle to it and a lot of different oh, mechanics. Okay. It's highly replayable. Whereas Whistle Stop, I felt like it's not a solvable game, but there's certain things that you want to do. Um, sure. So yeah, it's a weird like Bezier does that. They're like, oh, it's in the same line of things. And you're like, these games are completely different. I don't know why. <laughs> It goes back to that suburbia subdivision kind of yeah. thing. You're like, what? One of these is not like the other. And then they just keep doing those things. So, yeah. but uh, no, this is, I appreciate this because I have not played this. I heard very little about it. And again, I would have overlooked this because I would have said, I have whistle stop. I don't need this, but I'm glad to hear it's a different game coming from Bezier games. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to put it on the list, because that's what yeah. I've seen people say, like, oh, Whistle Stop. And I'm like, there's really not <laughs> a lot in common between them mechanically. Like, a couple things here and there, and you are technically, there's whistles, I don't know, like, as a resource. <laughs> but <laughs> It has whistles. It yeah. does, yeah, there are whistles in the game. It does a disservice to people, because if you have Whistle Stop and you think, oh, I don't need Whistle Mountain, you're like, it's a different game. Play it. It's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, great, great buy out there then, because if people are missing that, they're they're missing out. All right. So, Anthony, unless you have any other secret games that people should (laughs) run out and pick up, let's talk about the heavy games, because these are the games that certainly we love to get to the table. Yes, sir. Yep. On to the heavy stuff. Clinic Deluxe. Ooh. Clinic Deluxe. What can I say that I haven't already said on episode 261? Uh, Shameless self-promotion there. But nonetheless, Clinic Deluxe was a recent Kickstarter that came with literally all the stuff. So Albin Biard, you know him from all of the heavy games that your hipster friends always get to the table. And somehow it looks a little too heavy, a little too complicated, a little too European. And yet when you get to the table, you're like, oh, no, this is the sweet spot. The idea here about treating these patients in this, you know, medical situation and dealing with the complexities. Let's put the complexities and the inequalities at some points in medical treatment. And it's just so dynamic. It really has almost everything. I mean, you are placing down these action pawns in order to be able to take things. So which actions are you going to play? Well, I'm going to take my actions. You're not going to know. 
So we, we have to jockey for position because again, with the medical system, we are all competing clinics. So I love that aspect of it. It's very thematic. And then what patients are available and what condition the patients are in and then how beneficial will the patients be to our certain hospitals? Do we have the specialty that they need? Do we have the right doctors and nurses and administrative staff? Have we built our hospital in a, such a way that we're able to treat the people properly and quickly? And then when you feel like you've had everything that you could have, this has so many additional components that you can add to the game for different scoring opportunities. There's an expansion that even adds even more. There's the COVID co-op recent uh, Kickstarter that was out there that you could pick up as well and play the game co-op and deal with that situation. So there is so many ways to play clinic. In fact, I, I gotta say, with all of the additional extras that come into the game, it's one of the most replayable games out there right now. And the production is top notch, right? This is Ian O'Toole. And I mean, it's just, it's wonderful. It's just, it's just all kinds of good out there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, when this one went up on Kickstarter, I was like, Ooh, album VR, I'm in. Cause he does a lot of Kickstarters and this one, like then I actually looked through it a little bit. I'm like, wow, this actually looks good. Cause his games are not known for looking good. Uh, no. <laughs> like, I've backed several tramways, Kickstarters and, and some other stuff from him. And it's generally not pretty. And then this one comes along, and not only is it pretty, he went out and got Ian O'Toole, but the production is high quality. Like, everything is solid, and yeah. there's so many different pieces, because there's like 12 modules in here as well. This thing is packed. It is. It's, and it's all good stuff from top to bottom. There's a lot of ways to play it. And again, super thematic. That's the thing that you usually don't think about when you think about heavy euros. You think spreadsheets, you think about markets and stocks and it's just like very disconnected abstract concepts here everything's thematic down to parking your cars right so if you don't have enough parking spots you can't get the patients in you can't get your staff in and that's what you have to deal with too so again i love that idea that somebody went that far i think in fact his his wife works in the healthcare industry so right. i'm sure a lot of ideas and concepts came from her as well yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. all right so on my end, um, speaking of thematic euros, I wanted to mention on Ooh. Mars. So, this is if as a gift, this is like you, you guys are good friends <laughs> or you're married because this is an expensive game. Um, yes, <laughs> this is Vitala Serda's most recent release um, on Mars. The most re recent one you can buy, anyways. Kanban's coming in about a month, and I reviewed it way back on episode two fifty four, so almost exactly a year ago. That's it was. End of December, early January last year. And this is a game about colonizing Mars, obviously. But sure. the way you do it and the complexity of it and how it all comes together, because it's a Lacerda game, mm -hmm. ah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> I always touch on like the one thing that I just <clears throat> immediately captured my attention is the whole idea of moving back and forth between the planet and mm -hmm. orbit and the different actions that you can take in each location. Right, and you're gonna have to go back and forth, but like when you do it and how you do it is a huge part of your strategy in this game. Sure, I just i I still love that. I love thinking about it. I love trying to min max my way around it and make sure I'm doing it at the right time. But that's not the whole of the game. Obviously, there's a lot of things that go on on the planet. You are going out. You're exploring. You're building things. There's like a group effort. You're trying to maintain. It's not cooperative in any means, but of course everybody needs to survive. So there's elements of like the life support system that need to be maintained. And that's actually like the timer in the game, like as that moves up and, and develops, that's how, you know, you're getting closer to the end. And like any Lacerda game, you never feel like there's enough turns, but there's just barely enough turns. Like you get to the end and you're like, all right, that's the end of the cycle. It makes sense, but it just doesn't quite feel like enough in, in a good way. So sure. This is, up there for me it's not my favorite of his games i think it's like number two or three but for one of my favorite designers i think it's pretty solid and if you're looking for a big heavy strategy game like just meaty heavy solid strategy game again you know tool artwork similar to clinic on mars is the way to go is lacerda's games going to be like the new jared kind of diamond commercials <laughs> you know like he went to lacerda and he gave me a lacerda <laughs> You know, when you really do care and love somebody, you'll drop a super heavy Euro game on their lap. So, yeah, yeah, I, I like that idea. I think we should rewrite, get rid of diamonds, 
bring in some more cardboard, drop it on the table, enjoy everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, this is fantastic. And again, Ian O'Toole's artwork here, and Lacerda has been really fortunate of having so many, so many great artists do his games. Yeah. But Ian O'Toole does something very special here. There are so many mechanics to the game that you do have to mm -hmm. suss out as you play it. And it could easily get lost in any kind of artwork about Mars because you want to be informative, you want to be thematic, you want to show the grandeur and the majesty, and you really want to, you know, provide that kind of awe situation about, you know, traveling to Mars. And the game does that with the mechanics, but also the artwork without ever overwhelming you. You never look at the board and feel just thrown by it or just overly kind of impact by all the color. It is completely understandable and it just really just, it has such a wonderful uh, table presence. And again, it's thematic as all get out. So really appreciate that. All right. So Anthony, that is our heavy side of the, of the game, but I think we do still have a secret Santa, right? You have another one hiding somewhere. So I figured I'd mention it because we're not doing reviews right now because we're in like the holiday season and our special episodes. So I don't get a chance to review these and share them with you. So I just want to throw it out there. So it's a chance to pick it up if you're interested. Um, and that's yes, Alma sir. Mater. So <gasps> this one is, this. <laughs> I put it in the heavy section, but it's kind of on the line. It's, it's a heavy game, but it's not as heavy as the last two we just talked about. Um, oh, sure. This is designed by uh, the four designers who worked on Queenbra. And then Virginia Gili okay. and uh, Brissini, they worked on uh, Lorenzo Il Magnifico as well. And mm -hmm. you can tell the artwork is the same as from Queenbra as well. Like it's got that very unique, stark, kind of almost pastelish look. <laughs> that sure. When Queenbra was first announced, I was like, I must have this game. It's just, it looks so different than everything else on my shelf, but it's so bright and colorful. Alma Mater looks the same. Uh, this mm -hmm. one is, some people have compared it to Queen Bride in a few ways, and I, I could see that it does have similar ideas in it. Like, the complexity mm -hmm. level is about the same, but mechanically it is fairly different. It almost reminds me a little more of Lorenzo in the terms of, like, everything is really tight. The resources sure. are very tight. Um, you're building a tableau in front of you of, like, these different uh, students, and they give you different income powers and stuff. It's not as complex as Lorenzo, and it's not as tightly knit as that game, but it does have similar... Um, ideas kind of manifesting in it you're trying to work your way up like a research track in here you're trying to complete various goals and to unlock these different chancellors that you can use their special abilities uh, but you know at the end of the day it, it's all about maximizing the use of your resources and i i love myself a good sure. you know <laughs> efficiency engine type of game so it is yeah it feels like the kind of game like queen bro you need to play it a few times for it to really get under your skin and so I know a couple people have played it once and they're just like, nah, it's not as good. But I think that's, at least in my experience so far, it is not going to be like, it knock you off your feet right away. But Lorenzo was the same for mm -hmm. me. Queen Bro was the same for me. Once I played them two or three times, it, like the layers came off. And so far with this one, that's been the case as well. So I do recommend it. Full review pending uh, for the next episode Ooh. in which we do, if, if, you know, our reviews again. But, you know, preview, I do like it. So it'll be a good review. Oh, Absolutely. Again, I think there's a lot of great games out there now. I guess, obviously, due to COVID and due to the lack of conventions, a lot of games are not getting out there as much. And that's kind of a shame because they're going underneath the radar. And again, it's another one of those situations where in our current industry, it's really hard to let people know about the best games out there. So again, we're always glad that you're joining us. All right, Anthony. So we are talking about, again the best games that hopefully everyone can get to the holiday season. But for many of us, we already have the best games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just happens to be that we have some of these games. So if you do have these great games and you've been getting them to the table, or maybe you do want to get them back to the table, let's talk about the best expansions that people should pick up in order to really enjoy the games to the best of their ability. All right. So we're going to start it off with, the most expensive expansion to the most expensive oh, game. No. <laughs> Food chain magnet, the ketchup mechanism, and other ideas. So every game that I've provided to you and every week that we do the episodes, 
I always talk about the value of a game for the dollar because, again, there are so many great games out there and you should be able to maximize your dollar to maximize the game time, especially and to maximize the games to actually get to the table. So when Food Chain Magnet came out, it was super expensive. And I was just like, who in their right mind actually is going to buy this? I mean, right. it's a splatter game. I get it. All of their games are super crazy. This was no different. I think at one point it was $150 in the U.S. And I had a friend who picked it up. And I'm like, you're crazy. Oh, wait a minute. This is the best game ever. Damn it. <laughs> so, and we played we played a lot of it we really enjoyed it it's it's a great game it's super crunchy it is a euro game that will knife you in the back if you're not paying attention and it will laugh at you as you bleed to death now not to get so gruesome there but here comes the expansion and the expansion really does save the day because what the expansion is able to do is to open the game up so if you do make an error or if you do want to follow a different strategy, you are not pinned down. You can play the game. You can still win. This game, despite its high cost, offers so much in the box. You're getting new milestones. You're getting a ton of new cards, new ways to play the game. You can alter the map, which you couldn't do previously. There's new food that's actually, you know, gives you opportunities to sell to people that normally you couldn't sell to. So again... It is a great, great expansion. Still kind of expensive. I think it's topping out around 80-something dollars. Mm -hmm. But again, if you went as far as to buy the base game, and if you've had a problem with the base game or your friends have had a problem with the base game because if you're not winning, you're done, and you're done for several hours, this fixes it. It makes it more fun, and it really opens the game up. So, yeah, check out this expansion, Food Chain Magnet, the ketchup mechanism, and other... <laughs> ideas expansion you know it's so funny i have to laugh every time i say that just because i remember this coming up as the name for the expansion and right. i'm like no way they're gonna do that that's a working title that's a working title that's not the actual title of the expansion so uh <laughs> what do I, you I, know <laughs> <laughs> they did it I, again they, they are like the driest humor possible yeah and yet sometimes they just rock every time yep what great 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 game yeah, I, I actually picked this up. I had pre-ordered it, and it showed up, I think, in January. So I had it for, like, a month or so before I could have played it. But we were, sure. like, getting back into the base game first. We're like, oh, we're going to play the base game a few times, and then we'll come back to the expansion. <laughs> and then March. Bleh. Yeah. So <laughs> I've yet to play this. No, it's great. Again, it's it's great. And, again, if you've bottomed out of the base game, pick this up. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. So... Uh, I'm going to mention uh, a couple. The first of these, I've not actually had a chance to play yet because it came out in the middle of all of this. And I'm like, when am I going to play this? Uh, is that Civilization and New Dawn, Terra Incognita. But the reason I'm putting it on the list anyways is because running through it, and then there is the automated Civilization as well to kind of play it solo if you're interested in that. It fixes a lot of issues that people have with that original game. It opens up more of the opportunities. It makes the military military more viable. Uh, it makes expansion and exploration more viable. Um, it's, so it's not strictly focused on the tech tree that you're building out. I really, really like the look of this. I'm so excited to play it with actual people someday. And then there is a solo version that they've officially released. You can download from their website. So if you really must have it now or know somebody who must have it now, you can download that and still play it. So I got to put this on there because this is what I kept saying since that game came out four years ago. Like, it needs this expansion, and they finally released it. Sure. I did not think they would, and so I'm very happy it happened. Yeah. No, I, I can't agree more. Obviously, you and I, we talked about this before, especially on our previous episodes, that this was the worst demo that we ever had. It's not the worst game. So bad. Not by far. But it was the worst demo we ever had, and I never wanted to come back to it. And you maybe come back to it. Now it has an expansion. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love this game. It's it's funny. Like, I love being a big Civilization game. Like, Through the Ages is one of my top 20 games of all time. This is sure. not that. Civilization New, New Dawn is not big, heavy ex Civilization game. But mm -hmm. it takes an hour and a half to play. And people are willing to sit down and do it. And it has a really clever card mechanic. So layering sure. on top of that and adding more depth because Fantasy Flight games never quite have enough depth out of the box. No. <laughs> this was needed, and I'm so happy they did it. That's great. 
All right. What other secret Santas do you have up for us next? All right. So this is the one I was going to put up in in the first place, and that's Root Underworld. This is uh, ah, okay. I reviewed this back on episode two sixty one. Mm-hmm. This is the second expansion for Root. It comes with two factions and a new board. So you have the Corvid, who are basically spies who run around bombing people, and then you have the Duchy, who build little kingdoms throughout the map, and both of them are very very creative and fun to play. So. The thing about root expansions is that they don't really change much of what came before, other than the errata, because anytime they add anything to this game, they have to tweak all the rules <laughs> um, to make it all work. But the Corvid in particular is just such a fun faction to play because you're putting everything face down on the map and people have to kind of guess what it is. So it creates this like push your luck kind of element for both sides and a bluffing sure. mechanic that comes into the game when the Corvid are played. Mm-hmm. So good. Every, we always played with the Corvid once it came out. The Duchy's a little bit different. Um, you have lots of people who come out, but the thing you're trying to do is you're trying to get these princes out and get these extra abilities that come with that. You can lose them yes. if people destroy your molehills, but if you can get those combinations out, they are very powerful. These are actually decently difficult to play, I would say. like The first time I played oh, both no. of these, I <laughs> it did not go well. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. I mean, again, it's 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 one of those games where, especially with the four additional factions here, it it's it creeps ever closer to being a lifestyle game. Mm-hmm. So, okay, because again, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes for me personally, you know, this Anthony, sometimes like I don't want to own a game because if I owned a mm. game, I would have to own all of the games of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, this is one of those that's quite dangerous. So be aware, this game's awesome. Haven't played the expansion, but I'm sure it's just as good as not better. And for me personally, the more factions, the better. I, I love all the factions. Yeah. yeah, and with this Kickstarter too, they had like the the Clockwork Automa, like they redid the Automa. And now there's, I think, four or five different Automas you can play against. So I have a whole box of just a solo stuff for Root that came with this. It's not this expansion per se, but it came with it in the Kickstarter. Uh, so if you're looking for solo stuff and you like Root, there's tons of it. Nice. All right. Well, it seems like that would be our holiday gift guide for all of you out there. Hopefully these suggestions have helped with your holiday shopping. Hopefully you were able to pick up something great during this extended Black Friday, Cyber Monday, never-ending 2020 sales <laughs> event. <laughs> uh, again, if you're looking for some great deals, Game Surplus is running a huge deal. I think they're running 40% off their games as they do a massive clearance. So, again, our friends there, Carmen, definitely a place to check mm-hmm. out if you're looking for some great games. There are so many great places to pick up games, so many great games to get mm-hmm. to the table with friends and family. We have so much more content for you this coming Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're listening to this podcast on Wednesday, hopefully. Our next episode of BGA Live is going up. So if you haven't got enough of Board Gamers Anonymous, Anthony, what's our feature game for Wednesday? Yeah, we're going to do Russian Railroads, one of my favorites of Ooh. all time. I'm excited. Excellent. Now, again, talking about expansions, if we could only get the uh, Russian expansion on there, that would be great. German Railroads. To, uh... Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's out of print. If you find it, let me know because I have to track that down. Yep. <laughs> so we have a great episode for you at 8.30 p.m. Wednesday Eastern Standard Time. Please join us for that. We'll have a great game of that at the table on Board Game Arena. Again, join us on Twitch. Subscribe so that you'll be able to follow our content. We're always adding new things on the Twitch stream, and we want you to be the first to see it. All right, Anthony, so that's everything for this time. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll join you all at the table. Bye. See you, everybody. Happy holidays to you.